Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tesla of Wrestling.com, joined by Michael Kingston, the creator of Headlocked, and now and also Tales from the Road, the comic book that combines wrestling and comics into a wonderful combination of the two. Michael, how are you doing today? I'm uh, doing good. Uh, usually in the middle of Kickstarters, I'm uh, pretty exhausted, so that, that uh, holds, of course, but uh, we're doing good. <laughs> Speaking of the Kickstarter here, uh, I'm looking at it right now. Obviously, you have passed the goal that you had initially set, uh, but obviously can never have too much support for the project. But um, how are you feeling about the Kickstarter at this point um, in terms of meeting the, maybe the numerical goal? I was listening to another interview you did where you had said something along the lines of being more, more concerned about getting the readers, getting the interest rather than maybe the, the specific number, but maybe just in a general sense. What does it mean to you to kind of have that, at least the goal that you had set out with met? Usually this point in the Kickstarter right about now um, is, is when I think about quitting comics forever. Um, it's, it's funny, just the nature of Kickstarter, like your first two days, like you get bombarded, like you have your proactive backers and they're on it the first day. And then you have the people that wait till the last two or three days. And then there's this just giant chunk in the middle where it's just you're just sort of fighting for, you know, every every day is sort of a fist fight to, to get people and not lose people and whatever. So it's uh, the middle is, is sort of very mentally taxing, emotionally taxing. Um, so we're uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it to be done. <laughs> uh, obviously, it sounds very, very exhausting. But uh, well, this being the second volume of Tales from the Road, and I've obviously uh, used Kickstarter before, like has this experience uh, specifically this like, kind of this round been better, worse, uh, generally different like in comparison to the, to the other uh, ventures previously? It's it's kind of the same honestly i mean the the one thing that's not good about this i mean this is the shortest one i've ever done um normally you know when i'm touring sort of regularly i i run them when i have shows and then i i'm able to sort of promote to people directly and uh i don't have any shows for this one which has been challenging so uh you know it's i i think the last one for for volume one we did 45 days and then for the the headlock the main headlock books we did uh 60 days which is just, I mean, it's grueling. I mean, I usually gain somewhere between 10 and 15 pounds in stress weight. So it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, I always say it's like the sort of the best and the worst thing I've ever done because we wouldn't, we, you know, we wouldn't exist. I mean, at the level we exist at without Kickstarter, but it's, I mean, you, uh, you go through, put you through the ringer. <laughs> it really sounds like it. Now this may be, uh, I don't want to answer my own question, but just to make sure I understand, uh, not having shows to promote it in person, is that kind of a consequence of the pandemic or is it like kind of as a difference of to the past or like why uh, aren't there uh, more like shows this time around versus uh, the previous projects? It's a it's a combination of things. Some of it's the wrestling landscape. Um, some of it is the pandemic. But uh, I had really planned to do this a lot sooner in the year. And then, you know, for me, I'm sort of, I sort of uh, liken my existence to sort of playing in the ground between two giants. So, I mean, WWE was releasing people and, um, you know, just the wrestling landscape changes. And like, sometimes you have a very narrow window to try to secure somebody for a story, you know, on their no compete. So, you know, like I'd really planned to run this over the summer, but then people started getting released and, you know, things changed. And then you're like, oh, well, let's try to do this and let's try to do that. And, just things, uh, things just kept shifting and I know I didn't feel, you know, I didn't feel comfortable, uh, you know, launching it without, you know, cause I, I didn't, I wanted to give myself the best opportunity to sort of work with some people and, you know, and then things fell 
how they fell. And then finally, I was just like, I got to get it done before the end of the year because I have, you know, unfortunately, Kickstarter is my primary method of distribution. Like, I don't use comic book stores. You know, I'll sell my stuff at conventions and wrestling shows and whatever, but it just uh, just had to be done. And I needed it to be done before the end of the year. Otherwise, you get a giant chunk of income and then you don't have the ability to spend your, you know, to, to spend it out before, you know, you have to pay taxes on it. So it's a, it's a tricky deal. So, and then I also trying to get the book out before the holiday, the holiday rush before the, you know, the UPS uh, or the postal service prices go up, which I failed to do, but it's, it's all right, but it's just, uh, I just want to get this. I want to get this done so I can get the next thing done. I, you know, we've got two other titles that I'd like to launch. We're working on volume five for Headlocked. I wrote a movie that we're adapting into a comic book. Um, so it's uh, it's a little bit crazy. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm I I do everything related to Headlock that's not art. You know what I mean? I do everything but the art. So I'm basically one dude that's, you know, selling, you know, making publishing comics out of his bedroom. And, you know, I work a full time job on top of that. So it's uh, it's exhausting. It's, again, certainly it sounds like I commend you for that. We went a little out of order. I do want to talk, like we've been talking about Kickstarter. I want to talk about uh, the process of working with these various people, but maybe just to take a step back in a more general sense. For someone that has no idea about Headlock and Tales, Tales from the Road, how would you describe, uh, in this case, I'll say Tales from the Road to someone that, again, doesn't really know much about it, but maybe may uh, uh, potentially be interested in it? Like, what, what is it? What's the... Um, you know, the, the purpose of behind doing it, like the, or you're hoping doing it, that kind of thing. Um, so to explain Tales from the Road, I kind of have to explain Headlock first. So I love wrestling and comics my whole life. Um, and just growing up, like I would buy every wrestling comic that came out. And I mean, to me, they, they all just weren't great. Um, I think as a consumer, you always know when something is being made for love or something's being made for money. Right. And you know, it's one thing to license a book when, you know, wrestling's hot, you know, and there was a WCW book and a, WWE, a couple of WWE iterations that just, to me as a fan, never quite hit. Um, so I wanted to, uh, you know, it just became apparent to me at some point that nobody was going to make the wrestling comic that I thought, you know, wrestling fans should have, or, you know, at least the wrestling comic that I wanted to read and some of my other friends wanted to read. So I, you know, took it, I put together a, a pitch, uh, scripts uh business plan and i took it to every comic book publisher i could find and i was summarily laughed out of the room by most of them um i mean like literally i do laugh to my face like one guy um but you know i mean people told me no one's ever going to read this no one would ever buy this wrestling fans do, do wrestling fans even read is a thing that somebody said to me um you know and this is i mean this is after obviously you know like this is a few, you know, I've known this for 10 years now, but I mean, this was after, you know, Mick Foley's biographies are out there, these New York Times bestsellers and stuff. And these are still sort of the preconce- preconceptions you're fighting because, you know, comics has its own bubble, just like wrestling has a bubble. Right. And all these people are in the bubble and they don't necessarily see out of it. Uh, so I just, you know, I worked two jobs for a year to pay for my first print run, to pay for my artists, to pay for, uh, some convention tables and such. And then, uh, you know, I just I had the book made. I started going out, you know, just hitting shows. I would sell out on my backpack at wrestling shows, you know, through message boards and stuff. And, uh, you know, we just sort of grew. And then once Kickstarter became a thing, you're sort of able to bypass the market and bypass the gatekeepers. And, you know, we had a great response to it. And that enabled us to, you know, to make more books. And, 
and then as so you know so headlocked was a big success and then as we went along like wrestlers who like comics would see me at shows and they would buy my books and then you know be like oh man this is really cool i really like this you know i mean the, i think my my favorite sort of uh my favorite compliment i get is when wrestlers ask me if i've ever wrestled or there's no way you never wrestled before or whatever you know just i feel like we've really hit a, a strong line of authenticity um so uh you know so then we started collaborating on short stories um you know the main headlock story is told right is told from one person's perspective it's a you know, it's a story of a theater major who falls in love with wrestling sort of unexpectedly. And then he drops out of school and sort of his journey through the business, like learning the craft of wrestling, you know, but you sort of just see what, what he sees. So we took this opportunity to do stories and sort of flesh out some corners of the universe that you might not see. And it's also an, it's an opportunity to collaborate with people I respect and to just tell fun stories. Um, you know, so some of these, some of the stories are stories that are connected to characters in Headlocked. The, the thing is, is that you don't have to read anything. You never have to read anything Headlocked wise to understand the stories from Tales from the Road. But if you do, there's a little extra layer in some of them. For instance, in this particular story, in this particular volume, the story I did with John Morrison is based off of a real life experience that he had um, where he auditioned for a role to play a wrestler in a uh, commercial and he was the only actual wrestler there, but also he did not get the part. Um, and we have a character in the Headlock series who sort of flamed out of Hollywood and was going back into wrestling. And so we, you know, we thought we could make that sort of the moment, you know, something similar be like the moment that sort of, you know, ends his sort of, uh, you know, where he realizes he's just never going to make it in Hollywood. Um, so, you know, we just... Uh, but, but a lot of them are just kind of out there. You know what I mean? Like some, we did a story with Gangrella about a guy that trains Bigfoot to wrestle. Um, you know, we did a, a Santo riff, like a Santo monster movie with Taya. You know, we try to generally find a way to tie them back to reality. Um, you know, in our last volume, we did a story with MVP about the punisher of shady promoters. But, you know, when you get to the end of it, it's just sort of this, this kid in his car with his empty pay envelope, having like a little fantasy. Um, so, you know, we're, we're able to sort of just stretch our, stretch our legs, you know, creatively and sort of just get into everything, any kind of genre, any kind of story. And uh, it's some of the most fun I've had making comics, like, you know, collaborating with people who I respect and uh, getting to do some cool stuff. I mean, it sounds absolutely amazing. Again, as a, as a wrestling fan and as a comic fan, I'm looking at the lineup of talent uh, for this volume. I'm going to be, read off it because it is just a, an amazing, amazing assembly of talent here. So we have AJ Styles, Crime Time, Danhausen, Danny Limelight, Effie, Frankie Kazarian, Jeff Cobb, you mentioned John Morrison, Matt Cardona and Brian Myers, Pentagon, Rob Van Dam, and Thunder Rosa. So that is just, as I said, an amazing group of talent and also a very, I guess, eclectic assembly where obviously they all bring different things to the table. They're all different people, different personalities. What's it like, you know, interacting with, working with, trying to uh, collaborate with so many diverse people? Uh, and trying to kind of uh, kind of percolate that and assemble it all into one. I, I know it's an anthology series, but still, I imagine that's that can be daunting at times. Yeah, absolutely. You want the stories to all have kind of a different feel, um, you know, and, and they are like some of them are more serious and some of them are very funny and some of them are uh, more fantasy based. And it's a little bit of everything. Um, I just, it's, it's been great. I mean, wrestlers are all storytellers, you know, whether they know it or not, you know I mean? They're telling stories in the ring, they're telling stories in the car, 
They're telling, you know, every time I'm around a group of wrestlers, they're just, you know, telling stories. So, I mean, it's in most cases, the collaborations are very easy. Um, you know, I usually try to approach it with a couple of ideas to get things sort of headed in the right direction. And then, you know, it's just, it's different for everybody. Like Mick Foley wrote a whole, uh, you know, pro story for me to adapt. Um, you know, and the hardest thing is that wrestlers don't always know what real estate in a comic book gives you. So, you know, the, the story we did with crime time, which as far as I know, is one of the last things that Shad did before he passed. Like I got the edits like three days before he died. Um, and I love that man. Like he was an OG supporter from day one and just the best dude. Um, like I love that dude so much. And, uh, you know, and he, I mean, he loves comics, but like, you know, when it came to, he's like, you know, him and Jay sent me a thing. And then I, I look at the, the PDF and I'm like, no, you can't put 12 panels on a page. You know, I'm like, have you ever read a comic book with 12 panels on a page? You know, and it's just that, you know, so like it helps to, you know, to work out a concept and, you know, to work together and collaborate and stuff. And that's been the fun part is just the collaboration. Um, I just wrapped a story with the, uh, the inspiration. That's uh, the longest story that we've done. It's a, uh, sort of a body horror story that's got a little nightmare on Elm street kind of feel to it, but it's 20 pages and uh, it's, you know, they, they sort of pushed it in a direction that I wouldn't have taken it. And then that ended up being the thing that made, that made the story. Like, you know, one of them had suggested, you know, a villain. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. And I don't know how we make that work. And then I thought about it a little, and I was like, well, what if we did it this way? And then we're like, Oh yeah, that's the thing. And then it just became such a cool story and uh you know so that's that's my that's my favorite thing um you know some of these guys i've known you know i've known i've known thunder rosa for years um she was uh she was at my comic-con booth one year when lucha underground first started and like it always amazed me how much how many young girls gravitated to her that had no idea about wrestling or lucha underground or anything that she did like she just looks like a superhero and I, uh, so I've always been one of her, you know, one of her biggest fans for the longest time. Um, and she's just, I mean, she's a great human on top of that. And, uh, so, you know, the opportunity came up to collab and I know she's a big X-Men fan. So, you know, thinking about it and I'm like, you know, she just opened mission pro and it's, you know, it's all, all, uh, you know, it's all, all women and whatever. And like, ultimately, you know, when you think about it in a, in an X-Men way, she's kind of Magneto. And Interesting. Yeah. You know, and that's but a good Magneto, you know what I mean? Like, and uh, so, you know, we built a story sort of around that. And so it's just it's it's super fun. And all the story, like all the stories are different and fun and some are serious and they all have. I don't know. They're all really good. And I'm really proud of the collection. Um, I'm really proud of all the stories that we've put together. Um, by June, I'll probably have enough for volume four and this is volume two. So, wow. I mean, we're, uh, we're really plugging away. That's fantastic. Uh, you mentioned, um, I guess I'll circle back to, uh, the, the, some, so you, uh, you mentioned the crime time one about it and not necessarily knowing so much about, uh, the real estate and the comic. And so I guess I'm curious about kind of that, that divide of like people that have stories to tell, but maybe not be so familiar with comics and vice versa. Like do you find, uh, you know, is it e- I would imagine it's probably easy to work people that may have more of a familiarity with comics, but do you think it's, um, is it, is it like too much? Of it? Is it 
too much of an obstacle if, if someone's ne- not necessarily a comic fan like you know is, does someone have to be a comic fan or, or familiar with comics really um be easier to work with in this sense or, or can you kind of work with anybody as long as they've got a, a interesting enough story oh yeah no i'll work with anybody as long as the you know as long as the chemistry is there you know there have been some people that i've tried to sort of you know work with and it just you know sometimes things just don't click and it's not you know anybody's fault or whatever you just don't have the sort of creative chemistry and you know i just i want everybody that's a part of the stuff that we do to be excited about it to want to be there um you know what i mean like so it's it's as much i can take as much uh you know sometimes it's just sitting down with somebody at a show or at a bar or a restaurant kicking around ideas we hit a concept we work out the story beats i'll write it i send it to them you know they'll give me the edits send it back you know and we hash it out and then we get to a place that we're comfortable with and then you know and then it comes out um some of them are super you know some of them are super easy um you know uh the story i did with shane helms he was literally sitting in a waiting room waiting for an mri on his neck not knowing if his career was going to be over and he called me up and you know we i mean you know we we talked it out and then i had a story like probably written in 10 minutes like it was so fast and then uh and it's one of my favorite stories and it's super powerful and it's even more powerful i think if you know uh what he was going through at the time that, that we conceived it so um you know it's 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 fun and it's different like i said it's it's a little bit of a different process for everybody but uh it's uh it's super rewarding you know, I've mentioned the this like all-star group of talent here and just, you know, but again, with that kind of eclectic assembly, like how do you go about finding these people? Granted, not not specifically like, you know, obviously if you, if you see them at a wrestling show or if you have known them in the past anyway, but like what do you kind of look for in some of the wrestlers that you do wind up working with? Like what kind of stands out to you? What's kind of your, um, not recruiting process, but kind of your scouting process, I guess, in that sense. I think you just look for people that are creative. Um, and I like people that, you know, because, I mean, we made our own brand, you know what I mean? Like, we we sort of, you know, between, you know, I'm a double independent. Like, you've got, you know, I'm not a Marvel or DC comic. I'm not a superhero comic. And I'm not, you know, affiliated with any wrestling promotion. So, like, I'm in the middle of these two fields that are sort of dominated by giants. And, you know, so, but we, we made our own place. And so I have, a, I have the utmost respect for people that sort of make their own place. Um, you know, like a guy like Matt Cardona, has done so much and been given so little. Um, I mean, they brought him in as an edge impersonator. And then, you know what I mean? He, he basically built the WWE's YouTube channel. And then, you know, he got himself over. And then, you know, they just didn't seem like they appreciated it. And then he got himself over again with the podcast. And he's gotten himself over again in GCW. And, I mean, I have so much respect for guys like that. You know, Effie is, you know, Effie, like the first, like I'd known Effie for a long time. And then like, it was one day, like he had merch and it was, it was a prayer candle. And I was like, Oh man, you know, like people, you know, I mean, Dan Housen is like that, you know, these guys that just, I, I, I mean, I knew him pre makeup, you know? So like to see these guys sort of to make it like, those are the people I look for, you know, uh, MVP sold his own, uh, sold his gimmick to WWE, which I don't think anybody's ever done, you know, uh, Samoa Joe sort of resisted the, uh, you know, the, the, the sort of pressure to be a, you know, typical Samoan wrestler and, you know, became a star on his own, uh, you know, same with Mustafa Ali and, 
you know, like I love people like that, that are just, that are creative. Like you can just kind of get a feel. And sometimes you don't like there's, I mean, I had a guy that I tried to collaborate with recently who is a fantastic wrestler that I thought would, I thought we would really click and it just didn't work out. You know what I mean? Like just wasn't, you know, sometimes people are just sort of, you know, very, you know, narrow in their own focus and it just, you know, things happen. So it's, uh, but generally, you know what I mean? Like I look for the guys that, that sort of, you know, build their own things. You know what I mean? Like what, what Thunder Rosa is doing right now is amazing to me. You know what I mean? And those are the, those are also the people I want to, on a, want to spotlight. I mean, everybody knows what she's done in AEW, but I mean, probably not as many people know what she's doing with mission pro, which I think is really cool. So, you know, if I can put a spotlight on that sort of thing and they can, you know, they can put a spotlight on me. It's a little, uh, you know, the rising tide raises all ships kind of deal. Absolutely. And you mentioned Thunder Rosa. I really like the, the Magneto comparison. And you also mentioned Danhausen a minute ago. And that leads me to asking, like, I mean, to me, there's always been, or as to me as a fan of both, uh, you mentioned both fields. Uh, there's such an inherent connection and just, um overlap and similarity between the two it's like comics and wrestling there it's almost they go together so well uh and in both senses where you can have wrestling stories and comics and then you see a lot of wrestling characters feel like comic characters come to life for in that regard i think of a guy like dan Housen and some others as well you mentioned again thunder Rosa and the magneto comparison what are some of the most comic book like characters in wrestling today and kind of maybe as a second part of that like uh would maybe some of the people in that you're working with or if not like what do you want to work with them because for that very reason yeah i mean i i'm a character guy when it comes to wrestling like my favorite thing to watch like i know this probably isn't a super popular opinion but like i love the new nxt um and i mean my favorite thing is to watch people sort of find their voice as a character um you know, I mean, NXT is so weird now where you just they put all these new people on TV and they're all sort of workshopping their characters in, you know, in real time. And I, I, I kind of love that watching people figure it out. Um, I love watching a guy go from the indies and find that 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 minute when everything clicks for them and they sort of develop that confidence and they're not thinking anymore and they're just being like that to me is fascinating. Um, so like. Those are the things that I love. I love watching um, that I love seeing uh, in wrestling. So those are I'm always sort of focused on that type of stuff um, in terms of what I enjoy. Uh, and I, I do think to a certain extent, I think wrestling has lost a little bit. You know, what I mean, character wise, like characters are what brought me. George the Animal Steel is what made me a wrestling fan. Um, and I think that, you know, I was very conscious of as a, as a sort of independent brand, like what gets people to pay attention to you, you know? And for me, like my entry into wrestling was George the Animal Steel. And my interest, my entry into comics was uh, the spinner racks at the grocery store that don't exist anymore. And I think you, you forget about, you know, people always talk about the casual fan and how do you attract them? But I think like when people are flipping channels or scrolling through or whatever, like that you have to be able to know what a character is about like instantly. You know what I mean? Like when you see Bray Wyatt, like, you know what Bray Wyatt is. When you see Steve Austin, you immediately know what he is, you don't know? Um, but sometimes, you know what I mean? If you're just a first name, last name, you know, boots and tight striker, like, I don't necessarily know how that, you know, I mean, it's, you know, you can be a great wrestler, but I don't necessarily know how that gets people to stop. You know what I mean? It's, it's a thing that, you know what I mean? You're, you can still, 
win people over that are already watching, but in terms of how do you get people to sort of stop flipping the channel? And to me, like big, bold, bright characters are the way to do it. Um, and, uh, you know, like Orange Cassidy to me is amazing, you know, and I've known him forever. Um, like pre Orange Cassidy, like 2009, I think we, we did a comic con together in uh, Philadelphia when he's with Shikara and, uh, you know, so it's, it's really cool to find people who do like sort of different out of the box things. And they're not just sort of, I don't know, for lack of a better term, sort of cosplaying as their favorite wrestler growing up. Cause that drives me crazy too. You know, like, I feel like we've gotten too far into the weeds with that. Some, some of that stuff in terms of, you know, it's, I mean, I think it's one thing to honor your, your favorite wrestler, but it's another thing to borrow parts of their gimmick that don't necessarily fit your character. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I, I think uh, Orange Cassidy definitely has a, a comic book feel to him. Uh, and obviously Dan Housen and um, definitely has a comic book feel to him. Uh, you know, Nikki, I think is still kind of, to me, Nikki's still like working out her gimmick and obviously, you know, Shane Helms is like one of my, one of my best friends. So like he, uh, you know, like I have a, lo a lot of love for the superhero gimmick and I think she's got potential there. I don't think she's there yet, but I think it's, you know what I mean? I think it's, but I think it's the, the type of thing that, again, that's the thing that makes people stop and look and be like, whoa, this is sort of unique look or somebody that's doing something that nobody else has ever done or nobody else has ever seen. And um, so those things are, I don't know, those are the things that are, I guess are fascinating to me and, uh, that, that make me watch. I'm very much the same way. I'm always drawn to the characters. And again, being a comic book fan in, in both ways, like I like the characters in comic books and I like the characters uh, on the wrestling on the wrestling program. So I'm very much uh, in alignment there. But uh, you mentioned uh, so maybe sometimes seeing these stories kind of, um, you know, in wrestling or these characters in wrestling. And usually like, you see a character kind of have a story. We saw Nikki you know, become this hero. We saw that kind of unfold. You mentioned that site. We're still kind of seeing that continue to, um, you know, progress here. But um, in a, maybe in a more general sense, we've been talking about, um, you know, obviously Tales from the Road. It's, these, it's this anthology of these kind of um, separate stories. But um, to me, there's something interesting about, you know, thinking about other possibilities for, um you know, comics and wrestling in a general sense. So I was uh, wanting to ask, uh, you know, do you have any interest in like potentially doing more of a biographical kind of thing for any one wrestler of like time, trying to tell their like real story or, or, and, or uh, maybe a, a specific story that we, uh, as like a rec 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 uh, recreation of the, so something that was, you, you mentioned um, just for example, Steve Austin, maybe like doing a, a biography of his rise to fame in a comic book, something to that effect, just kind of exploring other possibilities within, within the genre like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, there's a couple of things I got going on. Um, I'm trying to develop, a, I'm developing a series with Gangrel that we, uh, we did the first uh, mini series in the or, uh, mini series, a short story in the last Tales from the Road that we'd like to sort of spin out into a regular series about a guy who trains Bigfoot to wrestle uh, in the Pacific Northwest in the 80s. Um, and everybody thinks it's a gimmick, but it's really Bigfoot. And then, uh, you know, we open the store. We open the story with Bigfoot in rehab doing yoga. So, I mean, it's a wild type story. Um, but uh, and then uh, in uh, this particular volume, uh, we have a story that we did with uh, Cardona and Myers. That's basically Toy Story with wrestling action figures. And I've got so many ideas for that. And uh, we, we talked about doing more, maybe doing something like quarterly, almost uh, around some big uh, conventions and such. Um, I, I think that it's bios are tricky 
I would definitely like, and it's, and it's funny, I'm somewhat biased because obviously Jerry, Jerry Lawler does all the covers to my comic books, but to me, like I would be interested in doing a bio of Jerry just because he's had such a long career and I don't think he'll ever get the credit for everything that he's done for wrestling creatively. Like to me, Jerry is the, like basically every concept that we attribute to almost modern sports entertainment came through Memphis. I mean, they, they, to me, they're the Simpsons of wrestling. Like ECW was essentially basically ripped from Memphis. Um, you know, everybody knows the Shawn Michaels playgirl thing with the belt, but like Jerry did that first. I mean, he had celebrities, he had Adam West on Memphis as Batman. He, you know, he fought monsters. He fought the, you know, Dr. Frank was a Dr. Frankenstein. You know what I mean? Like, all the concepts that you sort of attribute to modern sports entertainment to me originated in Memphis. And, and I mean, obviously the Andy Kaufman thing is one of the most iconic things in not just wrestling, but in television. And like he did everything first. And there's so many people who just know him as like the puppies guy and, or as an announcer. And that to me is, um, you know, is somewhat frustrating. I think if you can, uh, you, if you can show a thing that people don't necessarily see, because obviously people, you know, the, you know, certain people control history, you know what I mean? Like, I think this weekend that, you know, there was a lot of talk that this might be the last shimmer show, but I mean, where would we be without Dave Prezak? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, and there's a guy, you know, I mean, we all know that, you know, I mean, Stephanie McMahon invented women's wrestling apparently, but like, you know, whatever. And that's, it's fine. I understand like scale and whatever, but I mean, like, I mean, Dave Prezak did so much for so many people. And, you know, there's a name that, you know, in theory, if people don't keep it alive, could just sort of disappear into the annals of history. And so, like, those are the types of things that would probably interest me, I guess, if I wanted to tell a story. Like, I don't I don't think I need to rehash Austin 316 with, uh, you know what I mean? Because, I, I mean, a lot of these guys have written biographies and they've told their stories and such. And I don't necessarily need to rehash that stuff. I mean, it's an easy way to make money, but that's not what I want to do. I mean... I, I mean, I'd kill myself literally to make, to make all these books. And I just want to do, I want to do fun and cool stuff. I am, I, I don't ever want people to be like, Oh, this dude's hacking this out for a buck because that's how I felt as a kid. And I don't ever want to put somebody through that. Um, if that means it's a harder path, it's a harder path. But I do think that there are very interesting, interesting stories to be told sort of between the lines, I guess, in terms of, you know, unsung credit for you know creatives and stuff like that that i think might be interesting and uh it might be something i explore <laughs> more worth again even just looking at the the previews and the, the looking at the kickstarter page for tales of the road it really does look like a lot of the stories are being told in the in these collections so i'm very much looking forward to seeing it uh you know come to come to fruition here and as I mentioned uh, all these uh kind of stories um in in the pipeline as well because stories still to come so very much looking forward to that because it's again a really really cool mashup of wrestling and comics so that being said i think you you punctuate it in a very uh, fitting way so uh to, to, for people who want to check out the kickstarter or just the more information about headlocked and tales of the road in general do you want to uh, plug you know, the various uh platforms where they can do so yeah all of our all of the social media is headlocked comic it's one word um we're on twitter facebook instagram and youtube uh, i feel like i'm a little I'm a little too old for tiktok uh, we'll see how it goes um but uh it's uh you know it's all me i run everything so you know you'd be interacting with me if you got questions i try to help people that are interested in breaking into comics since i made just about every mistake possible um obviously uh and 
you know, a, uh, I got links to the Kickstarter in there, or you can go to kickstarter.com and search for Tales from the Road Volume 2. Um, we've got a few days left to go. Like I said, the backers really matter. Um, you know what I mean? Like I'm not, I, we've hit our financial goal. So like, I don't need people to, to come in for big money. I mean, if you want to, that's, listen, I'm going to turn it down. I mean, every bit helps honestly, because I've got so many things I want to make so many, so many stories in the pipeline. So, I mean, I don't, I literally won't see a dime of any of this money. Like I, like I said, I work a full-time job. My lights are on, my bills are paid. So every dollar goes back into the machine. It just goes to artists. It goes to my printer. It goes to the, you know, the post office or whatever, but like, I just, there's so much, there's so many stories we have left to tell. And there's so many stories I want to tell um, that, uh, you know, it just, it just, everything goes back into the machine. So every, uh, every bit, every bit helps. And again, very much uh, looking forward to seeing those stories being told, hopefully uh, again in this volume and beyond. So uh, that being said, Michael, I thank you so much for your time today. And I wish you the very best uh, in your, you know, continuing adventures with uh, Headlocked and Tales from the Road. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. Thank you very much.